In place of a sermon tonight, we have an interview. And I'm here with Susie, Ollie, and Ben from the Trent Youth Team and also the DTI Team. Some of you don't know what DTI is. Uh, it is short for Dreaming the Impossible. And it's the Vineyard National Youth Camp for 11 to 18s. And uh, half the team are, are based here. Susie leads it. And these guys are on that team. And the other half of the team are around the country uh, from other churches, including Zeke, who you'll see on a video fairly shortly. And it's really the highlight of the year and has been for many years for many of our young people. And uh, they'll be sharing some stories in a little bit about some of our own young people and, and the effect it's had on them. But before we do that, we're going to show you a little film that's been made which, which celebrates what DTI is and where it's heading. I am so excited to be able to tell you that our friends in the vineyard are gonna be moving their festival, Dreaming the Impossible, from Maybank Holiday to the summer, to the Staffordshire Showground. And it's gonna be open to everyone, to the whole church. You don't have to be in a particular group of churches to come. And the reason I'm excited is because the leaders of Dreaming the Impossible love young people. That's why they're in it. They're gifted. They're great at what they do. They've got experience in it and they want to serve you. And they, as I do, long to see young people come to know Jesus, to be equipped to serve him and to live for him for the rest of their lives. Come as a youth group. I'm gonna be there visiting. Come and join me. I'd love to see you there. Possible youth gathering began back in 1999 when a handful of youth leaders had a dream to see young people gathered together from all around the Vineyard Movement. And so DTI began, starting with youth from just six churches. Every year more young people came and in 2007 it became an annual event. DTI is led by a team of youth leaders from all around the Vineyard Movement. We love young people and are passionate about inspiring a generation to love God, love others and change the world. In 2018, we saw over 1,200 young people and youth leaders from more than 50 vineyard churches gather together. God is doing something incredible in our midst. And over the years, we have had the privilege of seeing thousands of lives changed. Last year at DTI, I met with the Holy Spirit and felt healing in my sore knees. I was just there in worship and I felt a burst of energy come through my body and I've never had pain in my knees since. In 2018, my friend brought me to DTI and that's when I fell in love with Jesus and gave my life to him. I met Jesus at DTI 2016 and ever since I've been passionate about him and now I'm being a young leader at my own church. Before DTI 2018, I felt really sad and alone, but then I decided to recommit my life to Jesus. My life's changed for the better and I don't feel alone anymore. For a lot of 2017 and the beginning of 2018, I had a lot of panic attacks and had lots of anxiety. However, I had the confidence of DTI 2018 to go up and get prayed for. The next morning, I felt my anxiety gone and ever since then, I felt like a whole new person. At DTI 2017, I had my first encounter with Jesus. It was like a wave of peace crashing over me and I had weight lifted off my shoulders. I'm so grateful for having an encounter with Jesus at DTI. I've always been a follower of Jesus, but I'm never really strong in my faith. However, last year's DTI, I felt God speak to me and give me a glimpse of my future. 
Now I am baptised and I'm a lot more stronger in my faith. I might even plan a church. For some time now, we've sensed God speaking to us about moving DTI to the summer, not only to avoid exam time in the cold weather, but also to create more space for us to continue to grow. In the summer of 2019, Soul Survivor Youth Festivals, led by Mike Pilavachi, is coming to an end, leaving behind an awesome legacy, having invested in thousands of young people. So from 2020, our new home will be the Staffordshire County Showground at the beginning of August. We can see that God just has so much more for the DTI generation and believe that now is the time to invite young people from beyond the Vineyard Movement to join us. We can see a generation rising up who are dreaming the impossible, not shaped by who the world says they are, but shaped by who God says they are. Young people who know that they are loved, known, chosen, free and secure, taking hold of all that God has for them, laying down their lives and living fearlessly for Him. We're inviting you to come and join us at Stafford in 2020. In the meantime, check out our website for all the details about coming and visiting us for the day for free in May in Newark. We'll see you there. Wonderful. Now, some of you will uh, know who these guys are, some of you won't. So can I just ask you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do with young people? Good evening. Uh, great to see you guys. Uh, I'm Susie, and I've been on staff here since 2006, so for the last 13 years. And throughout that time, have always been involved in investing in the, ne in the next generation. So whether it was with Trent Kids or with Trent Youth. And now my role is a little bit wiser alongside the DTI staff. I uh, lead the staff teams that look after a number of the ministries, including uh, kids, youth, students, young adults. Hey, I'm Ollie. I'm the youth and young adults pastor here at Trent. So I get to oversee all the youth stuff that we do. And I'm also part of the DTI core team, like John mentioned, with Susie and Ben and a few others. And I actually joined the youth team here at Trent about eight and a half years ago, initially just because I wanted to join a team. It wasn't specifically Trent Youth or anything like that. But over the years, I've grown to absolutely love young people and I'm so passionate about all that we do in Trent Youth and in DTI as well. I'm Ben. I'm a science teacher full-time at a school here in Nottingham City. I've been involved in the youth ministry here at Trent off and on for around 16 years since I was an older youth in what was cohesion back then before Trent Youth was a thing. And uh, I've also been involved in, in supporting DTI in one way or another for around seven years. I, I love working with young people. I love their energy and I love seeing them grow and develop. Tell us, why is it important that we invest in the next generation? You know what, I love answering this question because I'm so passionate about the answer. And um, the first thing just to say is that, um, is that as a church, we have the most incredible legacy of investing in children and young people. So in a way, we're, we're, we're preaching to the converted tonight because you may not know that we've got a kids' centre that's sort of over there, a youth centre beside us, as well as the Archers. But with the kids' centre and the youth centre, over £3 million was given towards those projects to invest in the next generation. 
as well as all the rooms in this building which, which, which are used on Sunday mornings as well for all the kids. So it's fair to say that we are passionate as a church about investing in the next generation. Over 350 of you guys serve on team each month as well. So it's really important to, to always sort of, sort of look back and think, why is it? Why do we do that? And um, this is the bit I'm really super passionate about because, you know what, when we turn to the Bible, you know, that's the place we start. It's clear that, that we are to invest in the next generation. You know, we see Jesus interacting with, with young people and, he, and he's not hindering them, he's welcoming them. The Bible speaks about teaching young people to, to, go in, to, to train them in the way they should go and when they're old, they won't get lost. It's really clear from the Bible that we, we are to pass on the baton to the next generation. So it's clear in scripture, but it... It's also God's heart that for, for all of us here, none of us would live a life separated from God. And it's exactly the same for young people. God's heart is none of them would, would grow up not knowing the love of Jesus. So it's absolutely essential that, that we as a church get involved in what Jesus said and we bring those young people into a relationship where they know and love Jesus Christ. And just out of interest, this evening, if, if you're here this evening and you came to know Jesus or make a commitment to Jesus before you were 18 years old, just pop your hand up for me. Yeah, yeah. and the, the research that's out there is, is similar to what's in this room. There's, a, there's an organization called Barna who did some research and found out that most of us, what we believe by the time we're 18 years old, we die believing. And around two-thirds of born-again Christians come to know Jesus before their 18th birthday. So it's absolutely essential that we invest now in young people coming to know Jesus. Yeah, so from, from the scriptures, it's important. From an evangelism point of view, it's important. And, and it's also important because many of you will know who maybe have got teenagers or all of us who have been a teenager, um, that being a teenager is really, really hard and uh, we were chatting the other month, and we believe that, you know, there's never been a time in history when it's been so hard to be a teenager because young people are struggling with all sorts of things, that, and, they're, and they're searching for their identity, looking in all sorts of places to find it. They're looking to uh, social media, to the internet, to their peers, to culture, really in an unprecedented way. And uh, as I said, they're struggling with all sorts of things, many of them with anxiety, with, with self-harm, with uh, cyberbullying with uh, mental health issues, a whole range of them, as, long as, all, as well as all the things that go along with just you know, normal teenage angst. And uh, we, we tried to get some, some stats for you on self-harm. It's really difficult to get sort of ones that are really accurate because of the nature of it. But what we do know is that, is that there is an alarming rise of young people who are self-harming. And the stat that we do know is that the leading cause of death amongst teenagers in the United Kingdom is suicide. And, and I don't know how you feel about that, but the leading cause of death amongst teenagers in our, in our country is suicide. And I think it's important for us to, to stay, take a step back and to reflect on that because this is happening to our children. And we have an opportunity as the church to, to rise up and to say, not on our watch because we do believe that we have hope in our hands, that there's hope, there's life, there's real truth, and it's only found in the person of Jesus. And so what is happening when, when youth groups meet together? At, at, you know, Trent Youth is meeting, all sorts of youth groups are meeting across the country every single week. And when we gather together for an intense period at something like Dreaming the Impossible, is young people are being exposed to a different reality 
and a better story. And as they're encountering truth in the person of Jesus, we are seeing firsthand their lives are being changed and their futures are being rewritten. Thank you, Susie. ZTI has evidently impacted large numbers of young people's lives. Can you tell us just a little bit from here, from Trent Youth? Yeah, absolutely. And it's worth saying all of the young people you saw in that video earlier on are actually from Trent Youth. It was easier for us to make the film that way. But um, so there are, there are loads of stories from Trent Youth, but one I'd love to share with you guys tonight. We've got one uh, young, young guy. He, he lives locally to here and he, he was fostered, not by a church family or anything like that. He'd never been to church before. And his, in his mum's own words, she got a bit fed up of him being in the house all the time, is what she said. You know, fair enough. And so she Googled local youth groups, found out about Trent Youth, and brought him along one night and basically said, right, he's yours for the evening. There you go. And, and left him with us. And then he carried on coming week, week in, week out. And to be honest, initially, he was pretty hard work. He was, he was pretty grumpy with us as a team. He wasn't really up for, for much chatting or anything like that. And eventually, we persuaded him to come to DTI with us. And a long story short, he basically had this incredible encounter with the Holy Spirit and that weekend gave his life to Jesus uh, and then came back transformed from it. And now he, he's fully integrated into Trent Youth. He has a smile on his face every week. He invites his friends to Trent Youth and to DTI and he's, he's actually doing work experience with us here next month, which is really exciting. And so for him, DTI actually was a life-changing weekend. And we, we say that kind of thing a lot. You might hear us talking about how amazing DTI is, but for young people, it is it is actually that, it is. And if you've been to a baptism service here before, there's often a few young people that get baptized and almost every single one of them, when they come to share their story of, of how they came to know Jesus, all of them mention the impact that DTI has on them. And so that is why we love going and that's why we do it. And as we've mentioned before, it's not just young people here at, at Trent who are being impacted by DTI. It's, it's young people across the vineyard movement, across the nation, uh, it's very exciting. One of, one of my favorite times every year at DTI is always when we get the opportunity from the front to invite the young people to, to come forward and give their lives to, to Jesus, just like we do here at church. It's not hyped up. It's, it's just chilled out. But as, as Susie said already, you've got teenagers, and, and many of us all remember, being a teenager is, is hard work because you are vulnerable, you are insecure, you know, that may well continue into, into your 20s as well. And, and not, just, not just that, but as Susie said, we are living in a time where more than any other time, we are being scrutinized constantly for what we look like, what we wear, what we do. Everything's recorded. Everything's there for everyone to see. And in that context, when you see young people or a young person stand up in front of their peers, in front of hundreds of people that they don't know, and come to the front, walk to the front to say, I want to get to know you, Jesus. I want to commit my life to you, Jesus. That is amazing. Absolutely incredible. A really, really exciting thing every year. But one of the other things that's a great privilege for us, having been involved in DTI for many years, is that we don't just see these young people once. We see them year after year. And often we will see a young person who maybe the previous year gave their life to Jesus, and we get to hear about how their life has been changed from that point on and how their life back at home has been transformed because of the experience that they had at DTI. Thank you, Ben. I, we saw on the film that DTI is moving from May to the summer and moving site as well and it, it, extending in length slightly. So can you tell us a bit about the journey? How did that come about? 
Yeah, so we'll be in Stafford Showground from the 1st to the 5th of August 2020. And um, I'd love to tell you all of the story because it's just been an incredible adventure of the, over the last couple of years just hearing God, God speak to us. But uh, I'll give you the sort of the succinct version this evening. But it all started sort of um, last in... In the summer of 2017, we were sat around Ben's kitchen table with a team from here and from around the country and uh, just sort of chatting about dreaming the impossible and such a sense of momentum as to what God was doing, really um, sending more and more to us each year. And uh, we just started to dream for what things could look like in the future. And we came fixated about this idea of moving to the summer because when we meet in May, it's freezing. Guys, it is freezing. And, um, we, we, you know, we sell it. It's not that freezing, but it is freezing. And... Um, and also, we, we're sort of constrained by exams. For the older guys, it's their exam period, so it's difficult for them to be able to come. So, so we sort of started talking about the summer, and we got really passionate about it. I'm sure you can't imagine what it was like in the room. But um, we, we sort of had this tension because we take our youth group uh, to Soul Survivor. We love Soul Survivor, and um, we, we didn't want to sort of create an either-or or sort of, sort of a choice for them there. So we sort of just let it lie. And then over the next sort of... Uh, four, five, six months, God just started to speak. We had some prophetic words from, from outside of the movement, some, some dreams as well, and some words from, from within. And it all sort of came to a head, really, at NLC, which is our National Leaders Conference last January. So, so we're here, and just a little, little bit of context to that. I'd recently transitioned from being the youth pastor and handed that over to Ollie, who's doing an amazing job. And um, as I was coming in, sort of into youth, just to see how things were going and help with the transition, I, uh, every time I was in there, I'd find myself just, just quite sort of um, stirred, really. And uh, I felt like God was increasing in me a heart and a burden for young people. And it didn't feel like a sort of lost thing or grief thing. It felt like this was sort of a new thing that he was doing. And uh, so, so I sort of made the connection. It must be to do with Dreaming the Impossible. So first night of NLC, sat down with some mates who asked me how they were. And I just said, God is stirring my heart for young people in a way that um, it's just never happened before. It's, it's like the burden is increasing. And uh, it must be to do with DTI. Two, two days later, we find ourselves in a lunch with Mike Pilavacci. Yeah, and uh, it, was, it was honestly one of the most bizarre lunches I think we've ever had. To be honest, well, there was me, Susie, and two others. And we were really excited because all of us had grown up in Soul Survivor. It had a really big impact on us. And so, to be honest, we were just partly excited to have lunch with Mike. And, and then we also wanted to ask him a load of questions. So, obviously, the thing to do is start a WhatsApp group, put all the questions on that. So we did that. We had this little group going. Obviously, Mike wasn't in the group. That'd be a bit weird. But... But we, we came to have lunch with Mike and sat down. Susie shared with him a little bit of what she's just shared with you guys about what we were thinking and feeling about DTI. And then we kind of just tried to crack on with the questions. So I think she started with something like, uh, Mike, with ministry time, there's thousands of young people. Like, how, how do you do that? What advice have you got for us? And he initially, he kind of said something like, well, and then he was just silent. And he was just kind of like gazing off into the distance, like looking quite dramatic and a little bit ill. And we, we were like, is he okay? Do, like, do we need to do anything? And it felt like this silence went on and on and it got a bit awkward. And then eventually he broke the silence and he dropped a bit of a bombshell and he said, guys, this is super confidential. But the leadership team at Soul Survivor, we really feel that it's right that our summer festivals will come to an end in the summer of 2019. And we were just... Like stunned into silence because, as I said, it had had a massive impact on all of us growing up. And so we, we, we just didn't really believe it. And then he kind of went on to share about how he, he was aware that it was going to leave this big gap in the summer going forward for young people who follow Jesus. And so he invited us to, to move DTI from the spring to the summer. 
and, and asked us to basically consider, along with a few other youth organizations, to throwing our doors wide open and to inviting young people from, from all over the country, not just within the vineyard, to come and join us. We're still waiting on the answers to that question. <laughs> um, but it's fair to say, you know, um, when God speaks, we don't, we don't just make a decision based on, based on one lunch. But really, it was, it was a confirmation of what God was speaking to us about. And so for the next few months, we went through a discernment process with us as a team, with John and Debbie and their wider leadership team, and uh, came to the conclusion that really does feel like this is the Lord. So moving to the summer. 2020. So what's it going to look like? Well, we're really excited because... It's probably going to be quite a bit bigger than we've ever experienced before. We won't have exams to contend with. The, the, the weather's going to be incredible because the British summertime is always absolutely incredible. Praying <laughs> it in. Praying it in. Um, but we're also really excited because we are we're throwing the doors open. We're inviting any young person from any church whatsoever across the nation and beyond, if someone want to get involved uh, internationally, to, to come. It's not just for vineyard churches. Uh, However, the, the heart of DTI will remain the same. The team's going to remain the same. The values that we have, the vineyard values that we have are going to remain the same. Teaching, worship, prayer, ministry, all those things that, that we press into. But the fact that more young people are going to come means there will be more stories. There'll be more healings. There'll be more salvations. But we're not just investing in DTI as an event. We're also really passionate about investing in youth ministries across the country. So Zeke, you saw in the video together with Susie, are working really hard on, on developing the youth network, which means that when a young person comes to know Jesus at DTI, when they go home, they continue to be discipled, they continue to be supported, and their youth leaders are supported and resourced, and their youth ministries are supported and resourced. So we're very, very excited about lots of ideas and developments that are going on at the moment, but right now we are focused on just trying to deliver a big old youth conference in 2020 and doing it in a way that's sustainable for the years to come. So we're right behind you as a national team, and uh, we've, we are inviting every church to get involved, every individual in every church to be able to play a role if they feel so led. So um, what do you guys need to make this happen? Yes, we need you guys. Well, we, um, you know, we have been overwhelmed by the response so far at our National Leaders Conference and amongst the young people here and around the country that we've engaged with as well. There's such a sense of momentum and excitement for this. So a massive thank you uh, for your support already. But practically, there's three kind of ways we'd love you to get involved or to invite you to consider getting involved. The first is to volunteer. Yeah, and so the, the great news is we'd love to invite all of you guys to, to join us on this like, exciting new adventure. We're, we're calling the team the Dream Team, which Susie thinks is probably the best idea she's ever had. And, uh, it is good. <laughs> Dreaming the impossible Dream Team. And um, so John and Debbie have already signed up to be a part of the Dream Team. And the, the ratio is, is about 100 volunteers for every 1,000 young people that come. And so if we are expecting multiple thousands of young people to come, then we are literally going to need hundreds of volunteers. And so the, that means we've got a lot of people that we need. And hopefully you've got one of these on your seats. Hopefully you'll see one around you. If you've got one of them, are they on chairs? Yep, great. Everyone looked a bit blankly at me for a second. But grab one of these. <laughs> and our heart is that every young person that wants to come to DTI would be able to come. But the reality is, if we don't have hundreds of volunteers, then we won't be able to do that. We'll have to cap it or something like that. So grab one of these. Do take it home. Stick it on your fridge. Frame it or put it on your mantelpiece, something like that. But right now, have a look at it and look on the back of it. 
And there's loads of different teams that you could serve on. So there's catering, cleaning, host team, production, safeguarding, setup, sound, loads of different things. And the great news as well for, for some of you guys that may not be particularly excited about the prospect of a weekend with teenagers is that for some of these teams, you don't even have to see them. So that can't be an excuse. Uh, so... So there's loads of different teams and there will be like an application process as part of joining the team and we're aware as well that this isn't going to be for everyone and that is absolutely fine. Uh, it, it, to be honest, it is going to be hard work. There's going to be quite a lot of unglamorous tasks done on not a lot of sleep but you will get to see young people transformed by Jesus. And so if you are at all interested in coming and serving at DTI 2020, then we'd love to hear from you. It's got the website on this little card, so that's why we've given it to you, dreamingtheimpossible.org. Head there, there's a little um, DTI 2020 tab. Click on that and fill in your details. And someone will get in touch with you. If you've already forgotten what I've said, head to the Connect area at the end, give those guys your details, and they'll be able to do the same. But basically, we would, we would love you guys to have a think about that. And also, a slightly selfish request from me from a Trent Youth perspective. Uh, last year at DTI, we took 167 young people and team to DTI. We're expecting to take more than that this year and then even more in 2020. So the thing that is slightly terrifying for me about that is we're going to have to cook for all of those young people on a campsite in England. And so I'm trying not to think about it too much because it makes me a bit nervous. But... If you're here and you're like, I'd be able to help out with that, I'd, my skill set could help with that, then basically come talk to me at the end. I'd love to chat with you. Um, and also, if you've heard about young people tonight and, and you don't actually want to wait till 2020, you'd love to find out a little bit about getting involved in the youth team, then again, I'd love you to come and talk with me or there'll be a load of people from the youth team here tonight. And there is, there's no age limit. I think sometimes there's a bit of like a, a misconception that to be on the youth team, you need to be young or a student or really loud and outgoing or something like that, but that is definitely not the case. We would love for the youth team to have a far wider uh, group of personalities and ages in it because then we will actually be able to serve a far wider group of young people. So do come and chat to me at the end if you'd like to. So the first way you can get involved is volunteering. The second way is to consider financially getting involved as well. And John, you're going to talk about this. I am indeed. I'm excited to talk about it. We've personally given to it. The church has already given a substantial amount to this. And we're inviting others to join in. Um, we really want this team to be able to run the events really well without having to scrimp and save and trim every budget and see if they can borrow, beg, borrow and steal a, a sort of a really poor quality sound system and hope it, when they plug it in it works, all that sort of thing. We want the very opposite. We want to invest and do the best job we possibly can for an amazing conference and indeed to create a war chest that enables them to plan for the coming years without this pressure and stress of, oh my goodness, how close to breaking even can we do this? So we need a substantial amount of money to do it and to do it well. And also, Zeke and his role, his salary will come out of it, the youth network, building relationships all over the nation. And so there's equipment, there's facilities on site, there's staffing that we'll need in order to step up to running a conference of thousands. And... Um, Two months ago, I did an interview like this at the National Leaders Conference with Zeke and Susie. And I said, we need hundreds of volunteers and we need hundreds of thousands of pounds. And the conference responded. We took an offering that night. And so churches gave, individuals gave. And between them, amazingly, almost 360,000 pounds. Fantastic. Just awesome. And so the movement, this is the leaders of the movement, anyway, one and a half thousand leaders are really behind you. 
And we wanted to give the opportunity for everyone across the movement to actually invest in this. And so I invited pastors to take that film that we showed you and take it back to their churches, talk about it. And if they wanted to do this, to have what we call an extravagant Sunday. We've done a few in the past where we take an offering for something specific. And uh, so many churches will do that. And our hope is that we will see this go to over half a million in the coming few months. Leonard Ravenhill once said this, the opportunity of a lifetime must be grasped within the lifetime of the opportunity. We want future generations to look back and say, thank you, and not if only. And with Soul Survivor finishing this year, 2019, all these young people looking for what are we gonna do, this is an opportunity, I think, of a generation. It really is a historic moment. And we could let this go by, you know, not have enough volunteers, not enough, have enough money to do it. Or we can say, let's get behind this. Let's join in with what God is evidently doing and really do everything we can to bless it. And that's the invitation I believe God's extending to us as a church today, you know, to together be part of what God is doing through DTI. And so next Sunday, we're going to have an extravagant Sunday. The morning and the evening offerings will be devoted to this. And so we would invite you to think this week, pray about whether you've got some money you might want to be able to uh, give to that. There'll be all sorts of ways you can do it through your phone. There'll be card machines. There'll be um, forms you can fill in. There'll be checkbook things, and there'll be website links. Basically, we want to make it easy for you if you'd like to part with your money <laughs> to do that. Okay, that'll be next Sunday. As we started the conference in January, we were with the national leadership team, Debbie and I, and we were just praying about the conference. And as we started to pray, the words of a song just began to roll through my mind. And I thought, I wonder if that's you, Lord. Are you saying something? The song uh, comes from Bruce Springsteen, Springsteen, one of the greatest of all time. And in one of his songs, the chorus goes this way, everybody has a hungry heart. And I thought, what is the rest of the words of that chorus? And so I Googled it, and this is what it said. I think it speaks quite pertinently into the invitation that's before us. Everybody has a hungry heart. Everybody has a hungry heart. Lay down your money, and you play your part. Everybody has a hungry heart. And this generation, as we've heard, is hungry. They're hungry for a relationship with God, even if they don't yet know that. And it's a tragedy, really, that since the war, the younger generation have been leaving the church in droves. And as Susie said, not on our watch. We have an opportunity to join in with something that God is doing and really make a huge difference in a generation. Lay down your money and you play your part. We'd also really value your prayers, and we, we know that some of you will feel called to regularly pray for us, pray for DTI, pray for uh, the younger generation going forward across the nation, and, and we need that. We need your prayers because we believe that prayer changes things, and the scriptures say that unless the, the Lord builds the house, the workers labor in vain. So there's no point doing any of this stuff if, if God isn't right there in the center of it, and that is exactly what we want. So please do pray for us. And something that, that, that um, we're very passionate about, and Zeke particularly was, was passionate about last year and, and researching a lot of, is that when, 
when there have been great moves of, of God, great moves of the Spirit in the past, great revivals, so often those, those times have been preceded by people just crying out to God, crying out for God to get involved in a situation. And in many cases, it's been young people, teenagers and people in their 20s crying out for God to get involved in a situation. And it would just be wonderful if you joined with us, cried out with us, fasted with us, prayed with us. We would really value your prayers. Yeah, so in just a moment, we're gonna, we're gonna stand and pray and see what the Lord wants to do. But you know, the, the Bible verse that's, that's on the screen behind me tonight, Debbie mentioned it at the beginning. It says, it's Ephesians 3.20. I've become so obsessed with it, it's even on my phone case. Um, because there's such truth in it. And it says, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to his power at work within us, to him be the glory through the church and in Christ Jesus for generations and generations Amen is what it says. And, um, you know, we believe, don't we, in an immeasurably more God. We believe in a God who is actually the God of the impossible. And so we're daring to dream the impossible. And, um, you know, if we want to see the impossible happen, then we need to place our lives fully in the hands of the God in whom all things are possible. And if we want to see the nation transformed, we want to see a generation raised up who will know and will love Jesus and actually see this country change, then as leaders, we want to model what it looks like to take a risk, to take a step of faith, and to dare to dream that God would do immeasurably more. That's where we're at. I'm in. Are you in? I'm in. I'm in.